Welcome to Bubbles and Books, a podcast about two of the best things in life, books and champagne, brought to you by Amanda and Ellen, co-owners of your local independent bookstore, Dog-Eared Books in Ames Island. First, give me a cheers. Okay, okay we're ready. And yeah. books are sexy. Welcome to Bubbles and Books, where we're not drinking bubbles, we're drinking coffee because we're in the final days in the lead up to Christmas and we're moms of a bunch of kids. And you know what that's like? You need we're, a lot of caffeine. You need a lot of caffeine. And it's also like, 8 a.m. It's 8 a.m. <laughs> and usually we record this podcast at a later hour, like noon. We're not opposed to drinking at any hour of the day, but we got to make it through. And then by the time you're listening to this, hopefully we're all buzzed on champagne in the mess of our family rooms from Christmas because <laughs> it'll be the day after Christmas. True. Look at us being role models. I know. Keep it together. A few more days. Hold it together. Then pop the bottles. Drink your coffee and then get lit. Yeah. With champagne and books. Yes, exactly. Ellen, what are you reading right now? Because miraculously, we are still reading. We are reading. I've been reading a lot and I inspired my own self in my current reading. You also inspired me. You sold me a book yesterday. I did sell you this book. Mm -hmm. So I talked about this book on our last episode as... Sorry, Rachel. It was an accident. I have been given notes to not hit the table or grab the microphone. Okay. Be very careful. Rachel's Rachel's very controlling in case you haven't figured it out. Anyway, I inspired myself because we talked about books that like were on our TBR from this year. Mm -hmm. And one of my books was The Bee Sting by Paul Murray. So I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to read it. Mm-hmm. And it's it, fat. I love it. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit obsessed with it, to tell you the truth. You almost like regret that you didn't read it earlier in the year, so it could have yeah. been on your best. Like I think I, I think I'm not done with it because mm-hmm. this book is like 600 pages. Mm-hmm. I'm like not even halfway done with it yet, but I feel like there's a very good chance it is one of my favorite books of the year. That's really exciting. And I'm super excited because you came to the store and you told me that. And then I went over and I bought myself coffee and I'm bringing it on vacation with me. So I'm going to give you the premise, but I also, so, so the book is about, uh, it takes place in Ireland, like 2010 ish, give or take. Okay. And it's this family that's just struggling. They live in this small town and the parents are deeply unhappy. They're fighting all the time. Dad, Dickie, is, has <laughs> inherited the family's car dealership. And they've always been a prominent family in their community. They've, they run this car dealership. They're wealthy. But the business is going under. And Dickie's belief is that it's the economy, baby. Like, we've had this, this crash. And his wife, Imelda's like, no. You suck at running a business. (laughs) He's very like kind of quiet and nerdy, like not who you would think of as being a car salesman. Right. And so they are very unhappy with each other. He's like, you know, trying to figure out what to do. Um, I'm not actually in his section yet. So it's told from the various perspectives. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they have two children and I've, I've gone through their sections and now I'm with the mom. But the children are Cassidy and PJ. And Cass is like a senior in high school. And she's always been a high achiever. 
and she's but she's lacking self-confidence and she's also living in this like shit storm at home right her parents are fighting all the time and this they used to have money and now they don't have money and Cass has this best friend that she's very enamored with okay mm-hmm. so she is Cass is not the alpha here okay, okay. she's a follower mm-hmm. and this friend is like kind of manipulative and Cass gets caught up in this, you know, drinking lifestyle and just kind of like a fuck it attitude. Yeah. And all the things that she's worked for are kind of starting to go down the drain. Mm-hmm. And her parents are too caught up in their own shit to, to pay any attention mm-hmm. to what's happening with her. And then her brother PJ is like 11 or 12. And he's obsessed with video games. Mm-hmm. As they are. And uh, he's also super nerdy. Like he knows a lot of random facts about things. And he's being bullied. There's a bully in town who claims that Dickie owes his family money. Okay. From something at the car dealership. Okay. And he's, like, beating up on PJ. And so PJ's trying to get this money so he can pay this kid off. poor kid. So the kids are struggling. And then the mom, Imelda, whose chapter I'm in right now, she's – her struggle is that we come to learn her backstory. So she's very beautiful. She's very vain. She's kind of a bitch. <laughs> but as you learn about, like, what, how she became who she is, it's really interesting. Cool. And how she and Dickie ended up, like, being together because everyone was always so confused. Like, they seem very ill-matched. Okay. But as bleak as the story sounds, it's actually written in a very humorous way. Okay, can't But wait. I want to read you a part of it because Please do. The, the thing that I'm loving about his writing is it's so good. And he has this way of describing things that's really original. Okay. And I love it. Okay, so I have to find it. Okay. Ellen, Ellen's looking know, for her notes right now. I know sort of where it's at. Okay, I found it. <clears throat> read it to me, Ellen. So in this scene... Cass is being confronted by Dickie. He's gotten a phone call from her teacher. Okay. Cass said nothing. Her jaw was clenched so tight her whole body quivered. Instead of yelling at you when you did something wrong, like her mother did, Dad liked to bring you on a little journey first, (laughs) up over the hills and mountains. It made it hard to fight back. You just had to follow the path he had laid out, his voice calm and even, your guilt crushing down on your shoulders, until turning a corner you would find yourself at the summit. Your crime lying spread out in a panorama before you, and you and he would gaze down on it together. <laughs> if only I could achieve that in my shame of my it. children's actions. I love it. That's such a beautiful way of describing something. Yes. Yeah. Aspirations in my parenting. Goals. Yeah. I want to stand with my child on the summit and see, look at the shit you did down there. I know. <laughs> what look at think? it in all its glorious, wide-reaching context. And what are you going to do about and it? Look at me calm. I'm like yeah, an, calm. Like an eagle perched on this summit. Yeah. <laughs> what are you reading? <laughs> I am catching up to you. I'm following in your footsteps, my great leader. Um, I'm reading Wandering Stars by Tommy Orange. Yay. I'm really um think that the work he is creating is so valuable in its humanization of the Native American experience over time in America. And it's making it, like, so personal and intimate. So I'm about a third of the way through. And I also read um, the introduction uh, or the 
the dedication was to those suffering of all forms of addiction. And I thought that was really interesting. Um, I imagine um, Tommy, based on that, may experience addiction or know people who um, experience addiction. And you see that sprinkled throughout the story. And um, I find that really he's so compassionate. So I am following generation by generation that um, are all connected back to a survivor of the Sand Creek Massacre. And um, seeing how those characters just kind of barely survive, they encounter challenges that take otherwise what could be important, beautiful lives and send them on trajectories that they probably didn't wish for themselves really illustrates the challenges faced by Native Americans in America and what over gets, history. And what gets passed down from that yep. trauma, you know, mm -hmm. in three generations. Mm -hmm. As you go further in the story, I think you'll see a broader examination of addiction. Mm -hmm. And it reminds me a little bit of Demon Copperhead because what's beautiful about that book it's by Barbara Kingsolver, duh, is that she also humanizes addiction. It mm -hmm. makes you think about people who are living like, and we're talking like bad addiction. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think those people who are struggling with that are really looked down upon as mm -hmm. like, you know, you have no control, you know, you're like, like get your act together. And she has a way of describing what addiction feels like and mm -hmm. the circumstances that might lead someone to fall into addiction. Right. That make you really rethink how you consider those people. And Tommy Orange does a similar thing. Right. And you've promised me that this book sticks its landing like Carrie Strug with her Carrie broken ankle. Carrie Strug in 19 whatever, 90 whatever that was. Yeah, with her broken ankle. Yes. That That's what I'm going to feel like at it the does. end of this book. So I am excited. I'm looking forward to this. All right. Last podcast, we talked about the books that were still hanging out on our to-be-read list. You're hitting some of them. I will be hitting some of them. We have that to look forward to in 2024. But there are books that will be coming out in 2024 that we just cannot wait to get our hands on. <laughs> and the one I want to start with, I know we're both super excited about because this is an author we both love. It's Rufy Thorpe. Her new book, Margot's Got Money Troubles, is in my bag, packed for vacation. I cannot wait. It's like I know, the very I first need it one. after you. Sorry. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for letting me steal <laughs> it. Okay. I love it because we've been waiting for something that could measure up to her book, The Knockout Queen, which was amazing. We have it in the store. Try it if you haven't. It is one of the Knockout Queen is one of those books that never gained a lot of like widespread attention. Although she and was a Penn Faulkner finalist. Right, but like uh, I, you talk, people don't know what that no, book is. No, you say is, it, and they like have no a idea. Book that totally went, you know, flew under the radar, which was hilarious. And I can see Kevin Wilson has blurbed her latest, and I would comp them. Like, yeah, if you love Kevin Wilson, like we do, you like Rufy Thorpe, right? It's that same sort of like humor, coming of age type of stuff, right? So Kevin says this is an audacious, wildly funny, completely unpredictable novel by a writer so singular that it's hard to compare to anyone else. Absolutely brilliant. So here are the things I love about this. Audacious, funny, unpredictable. And I agree 
You can't, my favorite authors, you can't compare to other people. Kevin is one of them. Kevin Wilson is someone that is just really hard to boil down the essence of what makes him so excellent. But in those categories would be Rufy Thorpe, Kevin Wilson, um, Julia Langvine, these very special people who are joining the ranks of uh, authors who you can describe as unpredictable and audacious and funny, but there's heart. So this book promises to be about a young single mother who is the daughter. This is, this is what I love. I love these. I love this premise. Okay. She's the daughter of a Hooters waitress and an ex pro wrestler. Sweet. She's trying to make it in the world. She is a single mother. She has an infant. She's unemployed. She doesn't have any money. She's going to get evicted. Her father, who she's been estranged from, this ex-pro wrestler named Jinx, shows up at her house and says, I need to move in with you. I'll take care of your kid. And she's like, okay, fine. (laughs) Um, But in an effort to kind of like cover the bills, she decides she's going to start an OnlyFans account, as you do. Yes. Yeah. And what else are you going to do? What I think is great is she gets advice from her dad (laughs) on how to develop a compelling character and make your audience fall in love with you. Oh, so he's taking like his pro wrestling persona experience and passing it along. And it's working out. Supposedly it works out. But once she becomes internet famous, (laughs) how does she feel about life? So Shit, I became a porn star. <sighs> Blisteringly funny and filled with sharp insight is what it promises. Cannot wait. I can't wait for it either. I feel pretty confident that it's going to be amazing. Okay. Tell me what you're most looking forward to in 2024. I'm looking forward to a lot. So one that I want to talk about is a June release, and it's called Bear by Julia Phillips. Julia Phillips wrote um, one of my favorite books of a few years ago called Disappearing Earth. I actually comp it to Tommy Orange's There, There in the way that it's structured, which is sort of like a novel in stories. But it takes place, Disappearing Earth takes place in like rural Russia on this like, in this, on this peninsula that is only accessible by boat. Like it's walled off by mountains and you can only get to it by boat. And these two girls go missing. Um, But it's a story of all these different women in this area. And it's so, like, rooted in that place. Like, she went and lived there for years. That's so cool. And the writing is gorgeous. And she stuck the landing, okay? Okay. And she's got a new book coming out. And it's also about sisters. So the two girls in Disappearing Earth who disappear are sisters. In Bear, there are two sisters who are living on, like, a Washington state island okay off the coast of washington Mm -hmm. and they're you know they're barely making ends meet they have a single mom um they're working pretty i don't know difficult manual labor types Mm -hmm. of jobs and they're trying to save enough money that they can just get out and then one night one of the sisters spots a bear swimming in the water and the bear shows up by their house later and the other sister kind of becomes obsessed with this bear and okay. believes that the bear possesses some sort of like ability to influence their lives or like there, there's something special about this bear and there's meaning in the fact that this bear has shown up. That sounds really beautiful. And I don't know where it's going to go, but I trust you. It sounds that. very 
I trust Juliet. And and the way that she wrote about this place in Russia and disappearing Earth, having been to like Washington State, um, and being a little bit more familiar with that area, I'm really excited to see how she writes about it because it is a beautiful place. Awesome. What are you excited about? Well, we had this author as a guest on the show earlier this year. Claire Lombardo. Yes. Has her next book out. It's called Same As It Ever Was. Okay. I kind of love that the main character's name is Julia Ames. <gasps> A-M-E-S. What? I feel like it's a total shout out to I Ames. I think Claire's take is saying that she's a cyclone and not a hot guy. I know. <laughs> Completely. <laughs> I love Claire. it. see Claire. We see you. Um, so Julia Ames had a very turbulent younger life, but now she is in middle life with privilege and class. Um, but things are starting to get complicated. At age 57, she has a surprise announcement from her straight arrow son. So the kid she's always been able to count on to behave is going to throw her for a loop. And then she, maybe I imagine um, she has this impending separation from her teenage daughter. I'm guessing she wants to move out, break her heart, you know? And so, and then the parts of Julia's past are coming back, you know, merging or, you know, emerging and in ways that are making life uncomfortable for her. So, it sounds like her life's becoming a wreck. Um, I'm interested to, to see how Claire plays out this story, but most importantly, um, what she does so well is portray versions of family relationships that are very relatable for me. The complications, yes. but also the deep-rooted love. So I'm, I think this is going to be one that really gives me the feels about relationships, about the stage of life I'm in. Can't wait. I think so, too. It, she did such a good job of that in the most fun we ever had. All right. Tell me something you're looking forward to. The Morning Side by Taya Oprah. Okay. I love her writing. It's gorgeous. It's perfect. Like, she can construct a sentence, let me tell you. I read both of her books, The Tiger's Wife and Inland. We had different opinions. This is one of the places <laughs> our uh, Venn diagram does not overlap, the in inland. I remember it, and I like it, and it's interesting, and I learned something. You loved it. But uh, what's her new one about? So I, I'm not totally sure why, but it's giving me Sea of Tranquility vibes. Mm, I hear you. So it's about – it takes place in – so speculative, like not mm -hmm. so distant future, and – Sylvia and her mom have been, like, banned from their ancestral home. Okay. That their family has lived in for generations. And they are, they have to go to this place called Island City and live in this crumbling luxury apartment building called the Morningside. Mm. And that's where Sylvia's aunt lives and she runs the place. Okay. And so Sylvia's, like, you know, like any kid, is thrown Mm -hmm. Like she doesn't, she, she's not sure why they were like expelled mm -hmm. from their previous place. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't know like her family's past. Right. And so as she gets to know her aunt in this building, and this island city is like going underwater, probably because climate change. Right. She's starting to learn about like what happened in her family's early life and maybe how 
she came to be where she's at. She's all, she also becomes quite intrigued with this woman who lives in the penthouse part of the crumbling apartment building um, and becomes a little bit obsessed with finding out who she is. And I don't know what happens, but I know that this obsession leads to some fallout. I like the mysteriousness of what's being described in this novel. So I think I'll read it as well. And she does like magical realism really well. Mm -hmm. So I'm interested to see where that plays out, if that plays out in this book. Okay, cool. All right, what else you got for me? Okay, this one is a debut. So yet to be proven, but I have been lured. I have no, you have been talking about yes, this one. Yes. It is promising. Hey, and look, Claire Lombardo blurbed it. Shit. Kaleidoscopic and bright and very, very funny. I need humor and seriousness and heart all together in one. So this one is called The Husbands by Holly Gramazio. There's a woman named Lauren who comes back to her flat because it's British. Um, in London late one night and she's greeted at the door by her husband but she's not married who the hell is this person so she comes in and Michael her husband um, and her apartment are like there's this whole life that's just like a little bit glossier than the life she's been living and she's like what's going on (laughs) she looks at her phone she has photos on her phone of this life they've been together for years so she's trying to figure out like what has happened (laughs) but michael this husband that she's never known before goes up to the attic to change a light bulb and he disappears then a new man comes out of the attic And her life is just slightly different. So every time a husband goes up into the attic and one come a new one comes down, life is just a little bit different. And so it promises to be like an exploration of an ending choice that we have. Is it a little bit like Midnight Library in that way? Maybe that's a little bit more about regret. This this is more like like what the hell is happening? Look at all these different dudes. I I know. And how how do I keep on? How do, I, how do I keep hold of the one I want? So, um, and also, like, if you see all these varieties, how do you know which one's the right path? You know, like, which one is actually right? I wonder if it's also an exploration of, like, this idea of a soulmate, you know? Like, yeah. there's only one person Ooh, disturbing. that could, feel, could fulfill you, or, like, maybe there are lots of people who could compliment yeah. you. Yeah, very interesting. I don't know. I haven't read it, but I also think it sounds really good. Okay, what else do you got out there in 2024? Well, I think we've got a few things that are honorable mentions here. Okay. Okay. You know I love Tana French. Right. Tana French is the best mystery writer. Sorry, Amanda. Louise is close, but she's not Tana. Well, we'll have to see. They can go head to head because Tana has one coming out. I suspect it is not announced yet, but Louise owes us a book. Yeah, Louise, you do. She did not publish in 2023, but I follow her closely in her newsletter and her social media. And she, as of September 21st, was on the third draft of the next Gamache novel. So Tana versus Louise in 2024. <laughs> I like them both. But Tana's new book, The Hunter, comes out in March. And so Tana has some standalones. She has a series called The Dublin Murder Squad. And now she has a new series. This is the second in it. Mm-hmm. All of her stories can be read as standalones, though. Right. And it follows Cal Hooper, um, who was the protagonist of The Searcher. And he mm-hmm. is a re- like a retired American detective. 
Interesting. Who retires in rural Ireland. Cool. And he's just like, I just want to live this like quiet Irish life. Nobody fucking bug me. And guess what happens? People start bugging him. Mm-hmm. And he gets caught caught up in this in this crime. Um and so this is a follow-up to that. Cal Hooper is, is again the protagonist. I know nothing about what's gonna happen in Inspector Gamash number 19. Only that it's gonna be in Three Pines with yeah. Inspector Gamash. And it's gonna be amazing. It will be. So I'm just waiting and waiting and waiting. Um, we have a couple big hitters bringing us books in 2024. So we have both really enjoyed Kristen Hanna. Yeah. Our favorite is The Great Alone that takes place in Alaska. It's like kind of a heart-wrenching love story in a way, which is unusual for us to like buy into that. But that the the setting is so perfectly described. The characters are so you care so deeply for them. They're very complex. She has um, a new novel that I believe someone on staff has already read um, called The Women. And it is set during the Vietnam War, correct? I think so. All right. Um, so we'll we'll have to see. Um, that is an interesting time period to take on. I kind of say, good job, big chops, you know, (laughs) like to take on a divided nation, um, during the Vietnam war. Um, and it's about the women who, um, who were part of that story. Um, so it'll be interesting to see all, all of her books have been amazing bestsellers. Um, so, Speak, yeah. Speaking of history, there is a nonfiction one that mm-hmm. I'm very much looking forward to. The Demon of Unrest by Eric Larson. And we're getting signed copies. Fuck yeah. So he wrote The Devil in the White City mm-hmm. and Garden of Beasts, Splendid in the Vile, some other ones. Um, he writes such compelling history. Like it's told in such a narrative way that you almost forget you're reading nonfiction. Mm-hmm. And this one... Everyone's obsessed with Lincoln right now. <laughs> it's about Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, Lincoln's So you hot. want a good Abraham Lincoln book to give your dad? Yeah. Of, Demon of Unrest. I'm going to read this one. But it focuses on um, a very specific time in Lincoln's presidency. Okay. Um, so between his election and um, the battle at Fort Sumter. So we'll see. Yeah, I, and I, I, I am not a Civil War stories. nerd, so I'm not either. I, I will learn something means, new. But- yeah, I will learn something new. I just want to give one more little plug um, for a favorite author. Thank goodness is publishing 2024 is Amor Tolls. I love yeah. him, love him, love him. I love the Lincoln Highway, Gentleman in Moscow, Rules of Civility. Um, this is a fat collection of six stories based in New York City and a novella set in the golden age of Hollywood. I am not usually a stories collection individual, but I love (laughs) Amor. I want that on a t-shirt for you. I am not a stories collection individual. Yes. Go on. It's very complicated. So what's interesting is some of these New York stories are, he typically writes historical fiction, all right? Like the earliest he's written about is like 1950s in the Lincoln Highway. Many of these New York stories are taking place around the year 2000, oh, okay. which I think is is not that far away from the time that maybe he was making his transition from financier in you know the bougie New York world to novelist. So I'm curious 
I have the ark. I'm taking it on vacation. I may be able to report back in the beginning of the okay. new year. Well, we will look forward to that. So that's what we got for 2024. There's going to be a million other store, you know, books coming out. Um, there's a lot to look forward to. In there's a lot. That is just a, a sample tasting, my friends. And very particular to our tastes. Now. Which is the correct taste. But yeah. <laughs> there are a few things that will pop onto our shelves before 2020. I'm just kidding, Rachel. Okay. It's not isolate listeners. I'm not isolating listeners, Rachel. I'm just joking. Lovey's giving you side eye. Rachel said Lovey's giving me side eye. I don't agree. (laughs) She does give a lot of side eye, but I don't think it means anything. Um, It means she's just too lazy to move her head and she just moves her eyeballs (laughs) instead. Um, Few, few things coming out at the tail end of the year, but they're ones that people are going to be excited about because they're from very hot, trendy, YA slash middle grade authors. The sequel to Divine Rivals, which has been like a super like TikTok popular, um, generally popular YA novel by Rebecca Ross has The Ruthless Vows coming out. I may try and snag a copy of this for my daughter before we leave for the holidays. Um, because she loved Divine Rivals. Um, we have Wings of Fire graphic novel number seven, Winter Turning. Second what an year, appropriate title. I know, Winter Turning. Let's, let's turn into winter. Um, <laughs> it's always interesting. These Wings of Fire graphic novels, two years in a row, have come out the day after Christmas. So weird. they want kids to spend their Christmas money. I know. Good thing people are buying good gift cards. Good thing it's scholastic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I see you. Um, Alice Osman has Radio Silence, the second novel um, that she's written. So she's in a lot of graphic novels. This is a second novel. And it gives you more about the world of Francis, which is one of the characters in the Heartstopper world. And it is about university and friends and finding your place. So if you love Alice Osman, you need to pick this up. And what's interesting is we have nothing popping at the store. There's, you want to know what's happening at Dog-Eared Books? Jack shit. Yeah, just, just book selling. Just book selling. Which is great. You yeah. should come by for that. <laughs> we're, we're just going to chill over that gap between Christmas and New Year's. We're going to read, we're going to relax, we're going to soak in everything, we're going to drink a lot of champagne, and we're <laughs> going to start 2024 on the right foot. All right. Um, things to know, uh, we will start with regular hours on the 27th, so we'll be back open and ready for you. The 26th. <laughs> 26th, sorry, yeah. On the 26th, we'll start. Um, New Year's, we will close at 7 p.m. We're closed on New Year's Day. But then we're back at it in 2024. So, listeners, don't freak out. We're going to be gone a couple of weeks. We got shit to do, okay? Basically, we need to go sit in warm weather. So, we are going to go take our vacations, spend time with family, get caught up on some reading, and we will be back with new episodes in mid-January. So, keep the champagne flowing, the books going. To all those moms out there, good luck surviving Christmas. <laughs> Remember, uh, subscribe, like, follow, because you want to find out what's happening in dog-eared books every single week. Yep. And if you don't live in Ames, you can always follow us on social or hit our website to order books. Follow us at at dog-eared books Ames or at dog-eared books on TikTok. All right, listeners, keep the champagne flowing and the books going. This is so great. It's so great. <laughs>